What's happening, Soul Fam? Welcome to Onto High Quantum Healing, the podcast that's going to help you tap into your psychic abilities, become a fifth dimensional being, and understand the true meaning of ascension. This week's special guest is Sacred Steve. He is a queer and gay spiritual healer. And in this podcast, we really talk about the struggles of not only being a Latino gay man, but also a gay person looking for deeper meaning in their reality. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Antohai, on TikTok and YouTube at Antohai Quantum Reiki. And if you're ready to step into your sole purpose, becoming an Ascension coach and spiritual entrepreneur, check out the links in the description below. Join our academy where we'll teach you everything about energy healing, quantum Reiki, onto high alchemy, and how to create the life of your dreams as a six-figure entrepreneur in the spiritual community, bringing us deeper into the golden age. For tarot readings and energy healings, go ahead and check out ontohigh.us for all your resources. I want to take a second here to say I apologize if the podcast has been off for a couple weeks now. My life has been super crazy with a bunch of new growth and amazing things and all of you are a part of it. So thank you so much for you know having the patience to wait for the next uh, episode to come out and to allow me the time to cultivate this very special moment that I share with you guys through this podcast. And if you're looking to dive deeper into gay alchemy, queer alchemy, so it's magic and energy healing for queer and gay men or people, check out the links in my description below. I just created a new Instagram page and group where I am offering sessions to people for a very special rate. So definitely check out those links. I'm so excited to be back. Let's dive into this super important and juicy episode with Sacred Steve. What's happening, so fam? Welcome to Onto High Quantum Healing with me, Excel Carasquillo. And today we have a super special guest. Um, I've been personally following this person for a while now, since probably like 2020 or 2019, um, on and off. And we're in a specific kind of uh, circle, which is usually like... Uh, like gay spirituality. But don't worry, even if you're not gay, you have a lot of good information that's going to be coming out of our conversation today. So it's always good to like open up your mind and just kind of hear the experience of other people. That way you can kind of relate with the collective consciousness just a little bit more. So I would love to introduce Sacred Steve. Welcome, Steve. Do you want me to just refer to you as Steve? Is that okay? Or is it Sacred Steve? You have to have Sacred. I don't have to have sacred. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you, Axel. <laughs> Hi, how are you? What's up, beautiful people? I feel so great to be here. Thank you, thank you for welcoming me. And to answer your question, I don't need you to say sacred. I love if you would, but sacred okay. Steve or Steve is fine. It doesn't matter. It's cool. All right, then. So, okay, sacred Steve. I always start off the podcasts in a way where like I like to see where people are are at in the vibration of onto high so onto high means three different things it means the cravings of life the cravings of victory or the power of the gods like which one do you feel like you're really embodying right now the cravings of life the craving, the cravings of victory or the uh the craving of the gods you the said? power of the gods the power of the gods I well okay so where do I feel 
I'm aligned with those three. Crave, cravings of life, cravings of victory, the power of the gods. I feel like those things are all related in some way. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So you're saying like you're, you're in between all of them then? I Yeah, it's like I, I can experience all of those individually or at the same time, anytime in my life. Nice, 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 nice. So like, tell us a little bit about your, like, your practice. Like, what do you particularly focus on? Obviously, it's like, you know, a lot of it has to do with gay spirituality, but like, what are some of the other things that you kind of like involve in your practice? Well, thank you for asking. The first thing I'll, I would like to talk about would probably be just what my practice is like for me personally. Yeah. You know? And for me personally, my spiritual practice looks like I'm in school, basically a spiritual school, to learn how to cultivate self-love and to really learn and understand what that means. And also to understand and really embody faith. I think I personally came here with on, on with those two things on, on my, what my soul wants to learn and experience and grow with. So well, what is self-love? What is faith? So my spiritual practice personally for Steve, for sacred Steve, is to cultivate self-love. And as I learn that, and as I'm on that journey to understanding what that is and living it and being it, I teach my audience, my clients, what I'm learning along the way, what I've overcome, what I understand now, what I've become aware to, what I have awakened to. So my, my, my coaching is nothing without me coaching me. I'm oh, my that's so powerful. Hey. Yeah, thank you. I'm my first <laughs> client. I'm my first client. I Even if I never have another client, I will always be a coach because I will always have me. You know, I will always have a client. I will always have somebody to work with, someone to love, someone to guide, someone to support, someone to coach, someone to be there for. And that's myself. So my spiritual practice starts with me. And then from there, so many things that I've that has been breakthroughs for me. I'm like, oh shit, this is gonna be good for the people. Let me make it still. And so I'll post right now, you know? And then there's sometimes when I'm like, is this just for me? Or is this just for the people? Regardless, it's, it's gonna affect everyone, even if it's just for me because of how I then show up in my life, right? Yeah, for sure. No, I definitely resonate with that a lot because like, I think I think it's something that a lot of healers struggle with, especially, or like coaches in general, whatever they want to call themselves, right? You work with other people. Um, a lot of times they're like, oh, you know, like, what if I don't get a client? What if like, you know, shit just hits the fan, but you always forget about the fact that like, no matter what the people most immediately around you is including yourself, obviously, are people that are always going to somewhat need you. Um, and I think personally, like, through my spiritual journey, I've learned that like, I'm always a shaman for my household more than I am for the world. You know, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. And then coming back to like your, your whole thing about like, 
you know, the, the message, like sometimes you feel like you've got a message and you want to share it with the world. And I think that's really important for a lot of people too, who are trying to like step into maybe doing a YouTube channel or kicking off their Instagram. Like sometimes it does feel very personal, but when you share it, you'll notice that because we're collective consciousness, like everyone else is, there's, there's a great number of people that are resonating with the same message and maybe they can't channel, but you channeled it and you shared it and it's exactly what they needed to hear. So in that moment where they kind of have that aha of hearing your video or whatever, you become their spirit guide. And it's kind of a really cool kind of like ecosystem, I guess, of spirituality that most people don't really focus on. So really thank you for for bringing that up because that's that's totally true yes um yeah i i love what you said there about that because there's a saying goes if it's personal it's universal and um which means everyone you may think you're the only person going through it or no one could understand you and that's not true because no matter what you're going through no matter what you are struggling with someone has been healed of it which means you can too yeah oh yeah it's so powerful too and like um you know talking about that in general is just like there's been so many people on earth like forever like somebody has gone through what you have gone through you know and luckily they found the solution and they put that shit into the ethers and like you just had to put yourself in a meditated state download it you know what i mean like it's crazy like when you really think about that So, okay, now I want to go back and I want to ask you about like your self-love journey, okay? Like, how did that surface? Like, how did you know that that's what you were supposed to be doing? Oh, what a question. (laughs) Okay, so thank you for asking. Baby, it started off with self-hate, okay? That's Mm -hmm. right. It started off with self-hate. It started off with a lack of self-esteem it started off with severe insecurities and going through all of that i had to get to the place some people call it like the dark night of the soul some people call it whatever you want to call it but for me it was to the point of where i saw myself in the most negative image i saw myself in the worst light i was literally viewing myself as a waste of space and that the world would be better without me. I had to get to that feeling. Because when you, have, when you get to there, there's nowhere else to go but up. Mm-hmm. So it, it took that amount of pain for me to then realize and awaken to the fact that life doesn't have to be this way. I feel this way, but I know it doesn't have to be this way. This is, I, I don't believe that this is written in stone and that this is the only way for, C, for Steve to live, you know? And when I, because even though I did have that amount of self-hate, depression, and insecurity, there were moments in my life where I believe I genuinely laughed and felt good. Even if it was just for a day, a moment, I know that I could access those feelings again. You know, I know that, yeah, I might've went through a lot of abuse, a lot of trauma, yada, 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 you know? But I also know that there were moments when I felt comfortable, I felt calm, I felt at peace, I felt carefree. And I know that that's possible to access more often than not. 
So then by the grace of God, me having that awareness just then there, I chose to start doing me. I chose to start following what lights me up, what brings me joy, my passions, et cetera, et cetera. And once I started following that, my vibe started changing. And when my vibe started changing, I started seeing things differently. My perspective changed. When my perspective changed, my view about myself changed, which then lined me up with the right people who helped me continue to grow and continue on my path and, you know, keep on going. So yeah. that led to meeting my life coach. That led to meeting other healers that helped me. And then, which has gotten me to where I am now, you know, being able to still work with other healers, he work on myself and be a support for other people. Excuse me, burping over here. No, you're good. <laughs> well, okay. I want to like, I want to do a little bit of a backtrack real quick. So like when it came to like that dark moment that you were experiencing, right? Like was there anything that particularly had triggered you to be in that state or was it like your life story? Well, I, I think it was because I wasn't doing anything that I loved in life. And I felt also very, very shitty. I just felt like a pile of shit walking around. So it was, it was a combination of having a very negative self-image on top of not doing anything that I loved that made me feel like, well, why am I here? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I, the air I'm breathing can go to somebody else. God, take me away. You know, because I'm, I, what am I doing here? I hate myself and I hate everything that I do. So why am I alive? Why mm -hmm. am I fucking you know, and, it, and it, it, it was a combination of that. It was a combination of not following any of my passions, which are helping people and music, my two favorite most people in music. And then um, the, the most utter shame around my sexuality of being homosexual. Total shame around that. That was not addressed, not, uh, you know, processed, uh, not looked at, just ashamed, buried, using um hookups as a means to feel better the more guys that i can get maybe i'm not a piece of shit mm. you know if i can get praise at least there if i'm good at least if i'm good at least sex then maybe maybe that's why i'm here who knows you know yeah so it was a combination of total you know like just self-hate and then on top of judging myself for like not doing anything that I wanted to do. And like, it was just like a vicious cycle of seeing myself as the problem and then seeing more of a problem and then seeing that I can't get out of this problem. It was just like, it was, it sucked. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. No, I, I can definitely resonate with that a lot. I, I kind of went through a similar phase. Um, it was almost like, as though like, how many dates can I get? It was my vibe. Cause I, I wasn't really into hookups. I was more so like a serial dater. So what I would do is be like, okay, like how many dates can I have in one day? And you know, how many meals can I get? Like, yeah. this is how fucking sexy I is. I have value. And then eventually after a while that kind of like wears down and you start really questioning even like 
what like is this really all that there is like right like I can only find myself through sex or through like someone else's like lust or admiration right so I think I think that's like really powerful especially because there's a I I know a lot of people who don't know anything about gay culture which I think is is absolutely mind-blowing a little bit because you think it would be like out there and kind of like pretty accessible to people but through the years I've really learned that there's a lot of people that they kind of sit, they see gay, but they don't really understand the structure of gay culture and like all the toxicity that actually exists in there. And then most recently, right, we have that that Florida don't say gay bill, which people like there's people who really authentically think that that's that's beneficial. Right. And from their standpoint, you know, it might be scary to allow people to kind of like talk about these things. But, you know, at the end of the day, it ends up creating situations that like you and I have gone through where we've had to struggle with, okay, well, you know, we didn't have any representation when we were pretty much growing up and we have to find ourselves. And oftentimes gay men, particularly, they'll like, you know, get kicked out of their house or they'll be disowned. And then they walk directly into gay culture thinking that it's only about sex. It's only about, uh, you know, partying and doing drugs and they get caught up with the wrong circles of people or people who want to take advantage of them. And that's where a lot of like toxicity in the gay community is is often seen and even manifested is what I've noticed is like, there's so many people who feel like they weren't accepted for who they are, they weren't loved for who they are. And they even that they can't be who they want to be on a day to day basis. And then that translates directly into having all these tiny clicks in the gay culture, which are like, there's a million of them. And then you think you're you're being more inclusive by having all these different clicks, but really what you're doing is you're causing more separation. Oh, if you're not this, then you can't hang out with us. And if you don't fit this one aesthetic, then you're not good enough. And it keeps playing through the the, the culture of, of gay, of queer. And I think that's one of the things that I, I kind of want to like really highlight here talking to you is like, and if you're okay sharing it, right? Like what was, where did the shame come from? As opposed to being like queer, like, was that self-induced or was it because of your culture or the people around you? Thank you very much. I would, I, from what I believe in my heart, my shame came from the fear that who I am is wrong. That who I am is bad. Like you said, we didn't grow up with any positive public figures or role models. When I, growing, I was born in 1985. Growing up in the 80s and 90s, anything that I saw gay related was either the special AIDS episode that you're going to die from on 90210 or the butt of the jokes of any sitcom family or someone who got killed, Matthew Shepard, you know? So Mm -hmm. when you see all these negative associations with something that you feel is that you can identify with and it's associated in this negative way and it's seen within the world as something that's dangerous bad wrong fucked up damaged xyz you start looking at yourself as just as wrong just Mm -hmm. as bad and then when you come from a latino family that is all about christianity catholicism all about you know making sure you you know, even if you're not fucking religious in Latino household, tradition and following what is expected of you, of you is just our culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's 
didn't feel comfortable at home, didn't feel comfortable at school, didn't feel comfortable watching fucking TV movies, didn't feel comfortable maybe even like reading a book because there's no one in this book about me. There's, I'm not in this book. So you start looking at yourself as I'm wrong mm -hmm. and I'm gonna die or no one's gonna love me. I'm unlovable. I'm not worthy of love because there's something wrong with me. Shame, bring on the shame. Mm -hmm. So when you came out, did you like, was there resistance from like, you're Puerto Rican, right? Yes. Yeah, Puerto Ricans in the house. Hey. hey. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so like, how did your family absorb you coming out? Did you come out late? Did you come out early? Okay, well, I, I remember coming out to myself first, right? I remember, I, re I was probably like, who knows, 14, 15, and I was standing in the mirror in my bedroom, and I, I was looking in the mirror, and I said, I'm gay. And I was smiling and I was laughing and it was felt good to admit it to myself. And then right there, I was just like, not really open, but I knew who I was. And I was like, I, I, I was accepting of it, right? I accepted of it myself, but as I continued to own that, there was still the shame from what I experienced growing up to growing up as well that I couldn't fully just be like happy with it. I knew who I was. It was like this internal battle. There was this battle within me that said, yeah, this is who you are, but it's wrong. Yeah, this is who you are, but it's bad. Yeah, this is who you are, but it's gonna get you sent to hell. So it was like, I, didn't, I, I wanted to be happy for myself, but was afraid to be happy for myself. I was afraid to accept it. I was afraid to own it proudly but i remember that one moment in my in in my bedroom for that split second i was free after that it wasn't so much because when i came out i was approached by my dad he found a gay magazine in my room i don't know if you remember this it it was like a mixture of just cute photos of guys and then like interesting topics and gay stuff it was called xy magazine mm -hmm. i actually do yeah and that shit was like my Bible. I loved it. <laughs> and it, it wasn't full-blown porn. The most you, you might've seen was like a guy with his shirt. So a shirt of a guy kissing another guy, right? But it was fierce. I loved it. And I had a copy on my counter. I mean, on, on my gaveta, on my dresser uh, in my room. And I left it there. And I left it there on purpose because I wanted these bitches to ask me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ask me because I'm ready to talk about it. And I was, I was outside my friends shopping around Macy's and I got a call from my dad. This is on my Nokia, <laughs> I remember. Mm -hmm. And um, he's like, yo, where are you? I was like, I'm uh, shopping, what's up? He's like, I found a gay magazine in, in your room. What is this? I was like, um, he's like, it's your friends or is it yours? And I'm like, can I talk to you about it when I get home? He was like, all right, he hung up. Went to my house. He's like, is it yours or somebody else's? I'm like, it's mine. And he's like, are you saying you're gay? And I said, yes. And then it was just very like toxic in the house. They said a lot of mean things. There was a lot of threats being made to me and it sucked. It fucking sucked. I didn't feel good at all. I, it, 
they said really mean things. And so, and I even mentioned it to them now, you know, and they apologize, but they don't remember. And I'm like, doesn't mean it didn't happen. It's just because you might've, it, 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 I remember because it was trauma for me, mm -hmm. you know? So it wasn't, it wasn't the easiest, you know, I was, I was threatened a lot. I was threatened to be kicked out and I was threatened to get beat up if I showed any of my gayness at home. And that just added more shame. That kind of almost like solidified the shame that was, that, that I felt growing up, but was trying to be set free as I accepted myself, but then the coming out process at home was so tragic and so scary that the shame intensified and it just kind of like, it didn't go anywhere. You know, and then I went into my 20s with that feeling super insecure, feeling very just like, you know, it unworthy. Yeah, no, I definitely can relate to that. Yeah, um, I guess I'll share a little bit of mine because I don't think we've ever talked about this. Um, but my my parents were super Christian and I, my grandparents and the rest of my family that wasn't Christian was shaman. So then I remember I was like, I always knew I was gay. Like I always, it was, most people are like, oh, you just one day, it was like, ignorant people are like, oh, you just one day wake up and choose to be gay, right? Like I remember being six years old watching a movie and I can't remember, it was one of the guys from um, Home Improvement, I think was the show. Um, but one of the kids was in this movie and I remember seeing it and just naturally at six years old being like, oh my God, he's so cute. And I remember, I was watching it with my parents and my parents were like freaking out in that moment. They were like, no, 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 no. You don't say that about other boys. You don't say that. You don't say that. You say that. And then I kind of like, I, I remember being six and then kind of like questioning why is that bad? Like, I mean, he is cute. Right. And I, inter <laughs> I internalized that and I kind of like kept it with me. And for the rest of my life, I kind of like had this sneaking suspicion that I, I, I knew what I liked, but I didn't really know how to label it, I guess. And then when I got to being about like 12 or 13, that's when I really made it clear to myself, like, you know, like I like dudes, I I'm gay potentially bi, but I'm just, you know, I'm just going to go in this direction. And at the time I was living with my parents and my parents were like, you know, being super Christian, they were Jehovah witness. They had like a really tight leash on me. They wouldn't let me do like anything pretty much so I remember like sneaking out of the house and then meeting up with guys that were fun on the internet or from school and then one day it was very uh, my story is kind of like very similar to yours like I had these little notebooks where I would share them with my friends so like on um, one period of class I would write all the things responding to one of my friends and then when we were switching classes we would trade the notebooks and it's like we were talking all day long well one of the notebooks I had wrote to my friend that like I had this crush on this one guy and yada, yada, yada. And I used to hide these underneath my bed. And I also had a, a couple series of GQ magazine because back then GQ was a little bit more gay than it is now. And of course, like I would look at these pictures of these guys like in their underwear or like shirtless doing like many things. And I'd be like, oh my God. And one day I remember I come home and um, you know, when you know somebody's been through your shit, you just oh. feel it yeah you just feel it and I was like something's wrong I stepped into my bedroom I'm like something's off here I don't know what the fuck it is but it's off and then as soon as I like 
turn over to like my dresser, I saw all my shit like that I had hidden underneath the bed on top of the dresser. And I'm like, oh no, like what is going on? And then that's when I, I remember it was my mom that originally had found it. And I remember begging my mom up and down, like you cannot tell my dad because if you tell him he's going to lose his shit and being a Puerto Rican man, that comes from the island that grew up with gangs and shit like that. Like he does not know how to fathom queerness. Like he won't have the open mindset to even like process this. And she was like, okay, I promise you, I won't tell anybody. And then instantaneously she started crying and freaking out. And she's like, you're going to die of AIDS. uh," And she went to like the worst case scenario. And I remember to myself, like, is this so like basically I chose a death sentence is what you're basically saying to me right because like if I'm gay there's no other option but to like die from AIDS and my mom had a really like interesting story because she was like she had two um, cousins who were twins and they were both gay and one was a gynecologist which is like really weird to me um, the other one was a pediatrician and they were they lived on the island and they died from the AIDS epidemic like in the early like 80s I think it was um And it was like just this really, this really powerful message that I think haunted me for such a long time, which was just kind of like, I'm not, I'm not good enough. Like what I'm doing is wrong. And even like, you know, a lot of times it's taken me a long time to understand this too. Like in gay culture, there's like this level of naughtiness that's there. And it's because we had to learn how to hide ourselves, which is ultimately naughty because our pleasure is something that other people can't understand. So it's you almost turn it into a vice versus just like an identity in a way. So fast forward a couple of weeks later, like my mom just tells my dad because she's just whatever I have to tell him. And he lost his shit. Like he legit lost his shit. Same thing happened where they were like, pretty much saying horrible things to me. Like they took me out of public school because they said public school was making me gay. Um, He threatened to kill me a bunch of times. If he ever saw me out with another guy or anything like that, like it would just, you know, pop off. So eventually around like 16 years old, that's when I was like, I just, I can't take this shit anymore. Um, Especially because when I came out to my grandparents, my grandparents being shaman and like being like entrepreneurs and stuff like that, I remember telling my grandparents, I'm like, oh, well, I'm gay. And I was waiting for them to pop off. And they were like, and what do you want for dinner? Like, no big deal. Like everybody already fucking knew this. Like we've known this since you were like six or seven already. So it was like, that's, I think that's one of the things that really changed the the narrative for me of being like, okay, this, this isn't all bad because not everyone's going to have the same kind of reaction. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, like, maybe it's just a Christian Christian world that doesn't really accept me because shamans didn't give a shit at all. (laughs) Like, you know, so it was like a, it's very interesting to hear how you like, you almost went through the same thing being Puerto Rican as well. And then like, even being from like a different kind of background in Puerto Rican. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Number one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just want to share my story so you can also understand like the similarities, I guess. Um, so like now that we've kind of like dived into all that, how do you, like, what are some of the trends that you've noticed in like gay spirituality, since that's a a lot of what you do, um, do you see something like a common thread or a common, um, like medicine that is necessary for these people? Maybe like we have healers that are listening and they're like, oh, I have gay clients and I want to help them even deeper and they can get your perspective from it being a gay healer. I would say, honestly, I, I feel that it's 
a lot of gay men need the medicine of falling in love with themselves. They do. We've, we've rejected ourselves, denied ourselves, and neglected ourselves just to survive. Mm-hmm. Just to survive in this world. Just to be able to get a fucking job, go to school. You know, so it's like we've done so much abuse to ourselves that we're not aware of for the sake of just getting equal of what other people get. Mm -hmm. So what we truly need, and that affects um, our relationship with ourselves and it affects our relationship with the people that we are in relationships with, whether it's, whether it's romantic or platonic or business or whatever, it just affects it all. So for me, I definitely saw that my relationship with myself must come first and must get the healing that it truly needs so then I can show up in the world the way that I truly can for them, you know? Because like I said, yeah, we, we, we've denied ourselves so much just, just to be able to survive that we don't know how the fuck, many gay men don't know how to, how, how to find peace, joy, happiness, and carry on without anyone else there, you know? Or like, drama, or, or drama. Or drama, mm-hmm. yo, whether it's, a party, whether it's another relationship, whether it's sex, whether it's drugs, or whether it's catty ass shit, or whether it's obsessive gym behavior. It's all due to the fact of that self-neglect. It's it's like, you know, stop everything you're doing and drop in. You'll get to know you. Get mm-hmm. to know yourself. Get to like fall in love, give yourself everything that you've been looking for from the outside world and to get it, getting it from them, give it to your fucking self, seriously. And I feel, and that that might not even just be a gay problem. That might not even get, you know, that might be a whole world thing, but definitely for us, you know, learn how to be your best, your own best friend, you know, and start becoming really, really self-aware with your relationship with yourself, what you put yourself through. Yo, man, so many gay men are so career-driven and money-driven, which is not a bad thing. It's just the reasons why you're doing it, mm-hmm. you know? Why? And, and I think they're, un, they're unawakened to the fact that they may be doing it just so they can feel like they belong somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's so powerful. Okay, so let me let me just real quick backtrack because just in case any of the listeners are like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I don't really get what you're saying. Um, for gay people, especially queer men, it's very difficult to get a job, um, especially if it's a male-centered space. Um, mostly because they treat gay men the same way they would treat women, which is like for the most part less than, and that's changing progressively, right? Uh, hold on, I gotta some sirens that are big they're gonna be coming through real quick I'm <laughs> keep talking through I live in the city so you know this is like always happening here it comes la, 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 la. okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um 
So I've definitely been in that position where like I've had to pretty much amp up my straightness and turn down my gayness just to get like a freaking apartment or a house or something because you never know what that person's beliefs are right so it's crazy and you'll notice that like it doesn't matter what city you live in right like most gay people have gayborhoods for a reason because those establishments are owned by gay people or gay friendly allies and that's where you feel safest it's not where ultimately you always want to live but it's where you know you have the easiest way of getting around in your life and a lot of times we don't hear that like uh, most recently they've been talking about you know like trans kids and bathrooms and sports and stuff like that but this situation has been going on for a very long time and all different kinds of gay whether you're a lesbian or whatever and like me personally I kind of feel like lesbians usually have it like less it's it's less intense for them they still have their struggles but I usually feel like because they're women and like our our whole entire culture is pretty much like misogynistic there's still something like admir admired in lesbian culture where it, it can be a little bit easier for them um but yeah that's like one of the things I think is like it's really important especially coming back to like what you were talking about like they need to love themselves a lot of times they, there's this lack of self-worth and they don't even see it like especially like the gym bunnies like those gays that are constantly at the gym and they're constantly working out and they can only validate themselves with their physical appearance like that adonis factor which is like i'm super hot i'm i'm sleeping with hot guys or i'm hanging out with hot people so that means like i have some level of worth but then the moment you fall off that train all of a sudden all your friends start hanging out with you and like other things if you don't have authentic friends if you only have those shallow friends that are in that like space because of those aesthetics so it's kind of like one of these things where it's it's really powerful for like straight people if you're even if you're still kind of like oh whatever you know what i mean it's not it's we're not trying to shove it down your throat but we're more so just trying to give you a, a way to look at it what other people are experiencing because it might not be in your like immediate visual field as to like the experiences that shape people to do the things they do and then like coming back to what you were talking about money and career like I've definitely been there like I said to myself I'd rather be working 24 7 doing my shit getting my business unlocked than be in a relationship with somebody because every guy that's out there is pretty much just looking for one thing rather sex or they're not really authentic about the experience and like the thing is like we're not taught to love healthy like straight people like straight people are always pretty much raised to be like okay your end goal is to like somewhat create a family have a happy marriage and make the best out of your life but for us we're never even given that option like oh gay marriage isn't really a thing isn't really gonna happen most recently it has right but even thinking about like oh you're gay married and you have a kid that's kind of like now taking it to the next level so it's almost like we we're painted this this thing where like we're almost always going to be lonely and we're only ever going to find other people that are like us that are fucked up and lonely as well. But you don't process it that way until you're really immersed into that situation where you start realizing nobody loves themselves. And like it is just a physical interaction. And considering that gay men are more on the divine masculine side, right, because they embody the divine feminine, but they also embody the divine masculine a lot of gay men are like 3D in terms of the matter because it, it is all that's in front of you. The more money you can make, the more power you have in society to make choices, the less defied and the less fucked with you're going to be because you have so much money. 
And then even when you get to a place where, you know, you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars, six figures, seven figures, whatever, you then create another division between you and any other gay that isn't making that much money because then they're not good enough to be with you. And then you step into another field of feeling even lonelier because you cut off all your options, right? So like, I just want to share all that just so like they can understand. I don't know if you want to add in anything into that either. Um. Yeah, it's it. It seems like it's a worldwide problem. This idea of status, mm-hmm. and what and 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 your status then determines your your goodness, your worth oh, yeah. of love and acceptance. So it becomes very competitive it becomes very very shallow very very close-minded and it's all based in fear the idea that if I don't show up in a certain way then I'm not going to get what I'm truly looking for which is just love Mm -hmm. which is love so it's like listen everything that we do in life everything that we do in life meaning as far as like, well, the reasons that we have a job is to get money so then we can have a house and we can have food and we can also do things with that. And the reason we eat food and the re- we, everything that we do in life is to eventually feel a certain feeling. Mm-hmm. An experience, yeah. You want to feel the reason you're getting this job and the reason you want that job and you want this money because that job and that money is then going to make you feel what? The reason you want to get with this guy, the reason when you want your body to look like this is going to then make you feel what? The reason, so it's like to then feel what? To feel like your fucking self. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just do it now. To feel loved for who you are, right? So just do it now. And that happens by learning to love yourself now as you are in the space you are with what you have and with what you don't have Mm -hmm. you know and that's for everybody no matter what you identify as no matter what's in between your legs no matter who you love Mm -hmm. yeah coming back to like the relationship thing too like i want to like because you kind of like touched up on it again like i think a lot of gay people a lot of gay men particularly just get in a relationship because they think that the answer is to kind of like be loved by somebody else. But oftentimes both people are not loving themselves. Therefore they get in a relationship and then they're looking for something from the other person that the other person still hasn't like cultivated yet. So then the relationship lasts uh, like a couple weeks of, if a couple months, you know, and then it, it crumbles because both people haven't really sat down and really focused on themselves and understanding where they are in their lives. And that's a common thread where you end up seeing it like a lot of people, a lot of gay people, gay guys don't have really substantial relationships for the most part. You do find them, obviously, but it's a common thread where like you, why is there no good guys out there? Why does everyone just want to have sex? Why this? Because it's easier to keep it at a physical level, having sex and saying like, you know what? I got laid. I must be still like worthy. Cause it, it, I should be worrying when I don't get laid. Right. And it's just one of these things that are like, when you get in a relationship like that and you're only thinking, and that's the other thing too. 
a lot of gay guys are like physically like driven. They're driven by like the aesthetics of another guy or something. And then of course looks fade, that energy is going to fade at some point. And we haven't really learned immediately to like dive into the spiritual. And that's why I think what you do is, is really important because it reminds them that they're a being that is in a, is a soul energy having a physical experience. Um, so it's it's very valuable that like you know you're sharing these these kind of like perspectives and whatnot, um, but yeah, it's just kind of it's kind of wild just to think about how how even when we're going on vacation too, like there's not that many places that even welcome gay people. They might be gay tolerant to some degree, but they don't even welcome gay people. And like one of the things that I had to like even educate two of my friends not too long ago, like last year, one of my friends wanted to get married and he's straight. And he doesn't obviously ever think about like gay anything uh, other than when I bring it up. And he was going to, he was thinking about getting married in Jamaica. And the moment he said that to me, I'm like, uh, I'm not going to go to your wedding. And he's like, why? He's like, you don't like Jamaica. I'm like, yo, bro, like gay people in Jamaica get killed for just walking down the street. Like, and then the cops won't do anything either because of the fact that like, you're the one that's in the wrong because you chose to be gay. Like I will not put myself in that position even if it is for your wedding and if you don't understand that like I get it be pissed at me I it's it's about my experience right and then he was like I never even thought about that he's like I didn't even know that was a thing and when he started doing research he was like oh damn like there's not a lot of places that are really gay gay friendly and then he thankfully he changed everything over to Aruba to have his wedding which was like super chill and super laid back and I even remember like this this I just came back from San Diego traveling like the like from San Diego all the way to like Seattle Washington and I was there with my husband and it the one of the first things in like the first like two or three days we noticed because I live in the east coast just like you um is that when we were walking around gay wasn't even a, an afterthought like nobody even thought about it where like in Detroit people are gay friendly but you can tell like the moment they see a gay person they first say oh gay person right where over there it was just like person gay didn't never even like came up and it was just such a weird feeling because we were like wow like maybe we're living in the wrong place you know because it's still a thought over there and it was just kind of like having those moments is just so like surreal because you're like damn I'm not fully accepted everywhere even if I'm being chill and the last thing I want to add in there is just like my husband is like super butch okay so like you would see him you would never guess he's gay. Like he doesn't have that energy. He's always hung out with straight guys and everything. And even when people have an experience with him where they're like, oh, what's your, you know, like what's your girlfriend's name or something? And he's like, oh no, you mean my partner? Oh, what's your partner's name? Excel. Oh, what does she do? No, like he is a healer. (laughs) People are like, they can't register because they even have like this, this baseline image of what a gay person is like you have to be super flamboyant you have to be wearing rainbows all the time and like there's a lot of gay incognito people that you probably would never know that are like right around you like they're sitting next to you every day you know so i i just wanted to add a couple of those things of like feeling comfortability when we're doing this type of like self-expression self-evolution um i really kind of like if there's a gay person listening to this as well like I highly recommend that you always kind of like pay attention to your surroundings. Obviously you're doing that already, but you do even deeper research as to like places to go, places to experience, because you want to make sure that you're 
you're on vacation to be who you truly are. I remember when I went to Provincetown last year, um, that's a super huge gay city on the Cape of Massachusetts. That was another one of those feelings where like, wow, like nobody gives a shit over here. You know what I mean? And you, that's part of the healing, like being in those types of spaces where you can authentically be who you are. And oftentimes people are like, oh, you know, like I, I'm gay, but I don't like to hang out in gay spaces. Gay spaces are more than just clubs, you know what I mean? And it's more than just, you know, <laughs> you know, hanging out at, at whatever fucked up, like kind of sketchy ass image. Like it is actually going to places that embody you and embrace you. And Provincetown is one of those places. The East, the West Coast was another one. Um, Aruba, I just wanted to throw those places out there if you ever have a chance to go out there. Um, but yeah, so like, what are some of the things that you're currently manifesting right now? Um, I guess I would say, well, I'm, I'm manifesting every single moment, every single day, right? I am manifesting more freedom to be myself. Hey. More freedom, Is that it? more freedom to be myself. I am manifesting love for myself and love from other people. I'm manifesting healthy, authentic, open, transparent relationships. I'm manifesting financial abundance. I am manifesting physical health. I am manifesting community i am manifesting my art to be fully experienced with me and other people i am manifesting a happy healthy world where everyone is receiving and has access to the most beautiful resources that this planet truly does have i'm manifesting unity consciousness i'm manifesting oneness with all that is i'm manifesting integration with my shadow i'm manifesting joy and laughter i'm manifesting connection with all the parts of myself that I can find in each and every single one of you. I see you. I see you. I saw you with your eyes closed, putting out that energy. You were like repeating your affirmations and shit. Like that was dope. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you? How are you? What are some of your manifestation techniques to like really bring these things through? Like, is there a specific technique that you've noticed is like better than other ones that you've done? For me, I've noticed that when you write that shit down, and you get into the physical, you get into the energetic space of what that affirmation is it, as your reality. And you do that frequently, that definitely fucking works. That definitely nice. fucking works. I, um, yeah, dude, I, I, I remember manifesting, oh man, there's games you can even play with this shit. Like, um, you can pick one particular thing. So like I focused on um, a snail's shell for 10 minutes straight 
meaning what does a snail's shell look like? What does it feel? Everything that I can think about a snail's shell, everything that I can possibly think about it. I focused on that for 10 minutes straight. Later that day, I went to go visit my friend's house in Jersey and he had happened to be babysitting somebody's like hermit crab. Damn, hey, look at you. <laughs> you know? So like little tricks like that, just to, like that's a good way to test your skills with it. I did that also with um, my friends. We were driving up to the Poconos and I was like, all right, for 10 minutes, let's think about a raccoon, you know, and let's talk about a raccoon, everything about a raccoon, describe it, think about it, talk about it. Let's just, just, just focus on it. Um, the next day, granted the cat raccoon was roadkill, but we found a raccoon. Yeah. You know? So it's, and oh, we've, we, did, we also did that with, um, a man in an, in an orange shirt. We were like, we were sitting at, at home. It was snow in the Poconos. And my friend was like, how the well does this work? I'm like, he's like, can we, he, no one's going to show up into my house right now with an orange shirt. I'm like, just try this with me. We focused on it for 10 minutes, a man in an orange shirt. Later that evening, he gets a text from someone who wants to buy his boat. We went to the guy's profile on Facebook and he was wearing a fucking orange shirt in the profile. Mm -hmm. So it's possible. It's about focus, intent, and where you are, yeah, where are you putting your energy? You know, and then also writing it down too. Like, you know, I, I write my shit down sometimes too. And, I, and then I speak the mantras and I get into that energetic space of what it would feel like for that to be a real reality. What does it feel like for you to be in a loving relationship with the man of your dreams? What does it feel like? What would you guys do? What would you say to him? What does, his, what does he smell like? What does his skin feel like against yours? Get, get into that energetic space in your body. Focus on that, envision it, you know? And then detach. Because mm -hmm. attachment to outcomes is coming from, uh, is, is the energy signature is fear. Mm -hmm. So you have to let go of it. And also remember that the universe will show up, will bring it to you in whatever way. Don't be attached to how it looks, how it shows up, or when it does. Mm -hmm. That, you know, that attachment right there is, is um, it's, it's holding on because of fear, of thinking that, you know, so you have to like let go and have faith and let it show up the way it shows up like a guy in a fucking orange shirt on facebook whatever mm -hmm. you know so it's just it's about it's it, those are the formulas mm -hmm. yeah so like when you write your affirmations too um is there a specific way you write your affirmations yes in the present tense so it's happening right now yeah i'm so happy and grateful that xyz it feels so good to have X, Y, Z money comes to me, uh, in whatever, 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 you know, instead of, I want, I wish it, or I hope none of that in the present tense, as if it's already happening. Now I have the most loving, amazing husband. It feels so good to be sitting in, you know, whatever, you know, in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can definitely relate with some of your techniques. Um, actually, it's really funny how you describe like the detail one, because I don't actually manifest that, that way. I started taking this um, program probably like this week. It's called Silva Ultramind. I highly recommend it. 
but basically this guy jose silva he got really obsessed with like psychic powers and shit like that and he wanted to be able to teach people how to do it um pretty much very quickly and intuitively um and the one the workshop the workshop that i did yesterday was like okay see yourself in your manifestation and he's like now start adding as much color as you can to your manifestation that you're visualizing and up until that moment i had never realized that when I visualize, I see it all in black and white. And yeah, I was like, whoa, hold oh shit. Like I never even thought about the furniture being a specific color or this or that or that. And when I started doing it, I fell in such a deep trance because the colors really made it real. Like it brought it even closer. So wow. I, I, I really do resonate with what you were saying. Cause I, I literally just learned that last night. Um, and then the other thing too, like, I really like the fact that you said, were you going to add anything? I was going to add something. Okay, good. Um, yeah. And the other thing I was going to say is like how manifestations kind of work. So you said like you wanted to see a raccoon, you ended up seeing a dead raccoon. So like um, with, with the shifting of manifestation, this is more so for like the people who want to live, uh, who are listening. Like if you don't state that you want to see like a live raccoon, you'll see whatever option of the raccoon ends up showing up. And that could even be like a picture of a raccoon or something. Yes. Um, right, right. So like if you want to get specified, you got to make sure you put that out there. And then there's other manifestations that don't need that type of specificity, like the one with the guy in the orange shirt. Like you guys knew you were just going to see a guy with an orange shirt, no matter what was going to happen. And it just ended up happening. He was living, but he wasn't in front of you. Right. So like, it's one of these things where I've learned with manifestation, there's different tiers of manifestation, almost like if there's there's certain manifestations that are in the divine masculine and other ones that are in the divine feminine. And you need to learn the structures of those so that, the ones that are in the divine masculine, you put more detail. Like, yo, I want this to happen exactly the way I want it to happen. And I'm going to let you go. And it's going to go ahead and happen. Uh-huh. And what's the divine feminine? How would you, ex- how would you explain that? Um, the divine feminine I've learned is more like trust. Like, and mm-hmm. I've noticed that I learned how to do that really young off where I've always been one of these people that's been like, I feel like the cosmos is a woman. Like I've always felt that way, even though I understand that it's both. I've always felt like she's like a, like a grandmother or a mentor that's a female. And whenever I really want something, I'm like universe. And actually my, my mentor taught me how to do this because she used to just be like, her name was Cookie. She used to just be like, yo, I need 12 marijuana plants by the end of the day today. And she'd be like, universe, make it happen. And then everybody around her would be like, that's just not going to happen. That's like virtually impossible, bitch. Like, what are you talking about? And without fail, like she wouldn't even, she didn't care how it was going to, she just told the cosmos, this is what I want. And by the end of the day, somebody would show up and be like, listen, I got 12 plans. I got to get off my, like, like off my truck right now. Like, do you know anybody who wants them? She's like, you know what? In fact, I do. I want that. Right. So like, that's how I've learned with like the divine feminine is more so like, she's listening. She's like, She's the one that's having the party. The divine masculine is the one that's like got to have so much structure into everything. So like when I'm creating something more linear, I tell him, you know, I want this and this and this. But when I'm creating something that's more so of an experience and I don't know how it's going to happen because I don't have the answer on how to get there, it just ends up manifesting randomly. And I'll give you like a great example. Like um, in 2020, I and I've shared this story a couple of times in 2020, I I said, I wanted to be on Sahara Rose's podcast and my PR agent, he was like, well, it's going to cost you X amount of dollars to like even pitch to her. 
And the price that he gave me was really high. And I'm like, "Mm, no. And I remember just being like, you know what? I'm going to be on her podcast one way or another. It's going to happen. It's all going to come together when it needs to come together. Fast forward a couple months later, there was this huge beef on TikTok about like chakras or whatever. And I decided to make a video to squash that fucking beef because it was dumb. And when I made that video, she saw my video. She liked it. We started talking we become friends and then I'm on her fucking podcast like and I'm like oh my god I couldn't have planned this any better through the masculine linear mind I had to 100% know that the cosmos knew what I wanted because she's she's got all the connections and she's gonna figure it out she's gonna connect me with Sahara and my manifestation and that's exactly how it happened and I've had other like after that happened I did the same thing with Shaman Durek like I put myself in this meditation I'm like okay now that I did with Sahara, I want to become Shaman Durek's friend. Like, I really just want to be that. I just want to be in his energy. And I said, I don't know how it's going to happen, but you already know what I want, baby. So, like, I left it there. Boof. Again, it ended up happening. And, like, now I have, like, this formula where, like, if I want to hook up with, like, like you know, if I want to, like, connect with people who are, like, in the spiritual community, no matter where they're at, I know, like, the cosmos will just orient it because she's got all the hookups, you know? So that's kind of, like, how I do it. I love that. I love that. I, I can definitely see. I think I'm more of the divine feminine manifester. I mean, spirit always tells listen, spirit tells me all the time my power is in the feminine. And the thing is, I growing up being ashamed of being feminine, be and and denying any femininity, any any femininity within me, I know the more that I awaken to her within me, she's going to just pop off, you know? Mm-hmm. And thank you for sharing that. And um, yeah, I love it. Yeah, nice. Uh, so the last thing I really want to talk about, I guess, is when it comes to spirituality, um, what have you found to be like, I want to say like the meaning of life, but more so like the the essence of existence. Have you ever like contemplated and hit that? And have you had any other like psychic experiences that you've been able to develop that you could probably share with us? Okay, it's a great question. Like going through this spiritual journey, how can I basically sum it all up, right? Yeah. I would say it's like, yo, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like literally, it doesn't matter. All is well. You know, yeah. when we suffer when we're in ego. That's that's it. When we're in spirit, when we're in spirit, there is no problems. Nothing's hard. Nothing's painful. Nothing. You don't argue with anything. Nothing's a mistake. Nothing's bad. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's better than this. Nothing's less than. Nothing's more than. Nothing's scarce. Nothing is abundant. Because to me, like abundance is even measuring something. I feel like the truth is like beyond measuring. Beyond, like it's just beyond what we can even perceive. It's just like, in the end, like, (laughs) I can't even put words to it. And when we suffer, when we when we're in when we're in pain, it's because we're identifying with ego. 
And the thing is, we're human right now. We have ego. And you, you're not, you can't just get rid of it. We've got it. So while we're here with it, experiencing it, love the shit out of it, you know, and show compassion to it. And then remember, everybody is in the same position, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, I could be you, you could be me easily, mm-hmm. you know, easily. And so at the end of the day, it's just like, yo, whenever you're fighting anything, you're just fighting yourself. Cause it's all you. Yeah. 100. The, the, I wanted to like, kind of like throw something in there that just hit me right now. Like even when you share experiences or you see that there's similarities between your experience and another person, like, you know, like our gay stories, for instance, you are seeing the parallel of yourself through that other person, through the similarity of the story. Like it really is like right there in your face. And most people don't even sit down and think about it. You know, they're like, we've all lost somebody that that we really care about. We've all lost an opportunity that we really wanted to go after. And it's through those like cross sections of sharing those stories and validating other people in that experience that you see that like, we truly are interconnected. Like everything is an echo of itself. And you can truly like fully embody that um, when you start opening up your consciousness to that experience. So like, yeah, for sure. I, I definitely resonate with that a lot. Um, I think one of the, the last things too that I think is really important for everyone to, to hear is just so like, I, I'm always telling people like, don't kill your ego. Like, you cannot kill your ego. Like if you kill your ego, sure. Like there's going to come a point where you're going to get really far and then you're going to realize like shit, like I just traumatized myself cosmically. So now I got to backtrack and I got to go heal my ego. Your ego is something that's essentially a part of your multidimensional self. Your ego has to eventually become your friend or it has to learn how to transcend with you. And I think yeah. that's one of the things that's, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's one of the things that's really helped me a lot because I used to feel like my ego was the enemy and I I did like beat it up. I whipped the shit out of it. And then one day I was like, I still don't feel good. Like, what is this? And I realized that it's because I'm repressing myself by repressing my ego and it's, and I'm not loving myself by doing that. And like, I understand that my ego wants things that other people don't want. And I even had to learn that like my manifestations, the things that I want for myself are not evil because sometimes people are like, they hear you, oh yeah, I want to become famous or, oh yeah, I want to have like a huge impact or whatever the fuck it is that you're trying to create. And if it doesn't resonate with them, then automatically you have a problem. And it's just like, okay, like your ego doesn't want that, but my ego is the one that needs that or desires that for some reason, I'm going to give that to myself. And you'll notice that when you start working with your ego, you automatically start healing the inner child. And it's just like this whole like ecosystem that you start realizing all these different counter pieces of your story that you otherwise wouldn't be able to see if you were consistently and continuously trying to stomp on your ego. So it's like one of the things that's like super important for every person here to like really understand and to like embody that, like give yourself credit like you're here to have an experience, your identity does matter, even though you're a spiritual being, and that you need to also acknowledge every other person's identity, regardless if you understand it or, or you don't. Like sometimes I, I meet people and their story, I can sympathize with it, but I can't fully empathize with it, but it doesn't take away from their experience being valid. You yes. know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. So. Absolutely. I feel you on that. I love that. Thank you for saying that. It's, it's, it's so true. The ego is not the enemy. 
it's not the it's just the one trying to survive and the thing is we look at it as the enemy because all it it uses fear as a means to keep itself alive because mm-hmm. fear automatically separates you which is what the ego is the separation so it uses nothing but fear to validate itself to make itself alive so the moment you wake up to realizing there is no separation and it's just unity and one with everything the ego freaks out but that's that's when you go to it and say hey don't worry as I awaken, I'm not actually throwing you away. I'm just giving us a new thing to focus on. You actually can now just enjoy all the accolades, enjoy all the praise, enjoy all the wonderful things and focus on that. That's how you're going to survive, ego. Instead of surviving in fear, you can survive in just being the bomb-ass bitch that you are. Yeah. Hells yeah. Nice. Well... <laughs> This is such a great conversation. I am so happy to have you here on the podcast and let you share your experience and your wisdom with us. So Sacred Steve, let everybody know where they can find you on social media and if they want to work with you directly, how can they find you? Thank you for asking. Um, Okay, I'm on IG, that's Instagram, at sacredsteve underscore. (laughs) I'm on TikTok, that's sacredsteve underscore. I'm on Voicey. Voicey is this really cool app where you can uh, write original songs and upload them on your profile. So I'm on Voicey. I'm Sacred Steve. And stevematzels.com. You can also find me where you can like schedule any uh, private one-on-one free clarity calls for 15 minutes. You can do that. Just go up in the, at the top. Um, and yeah, that's where I'll be at. If you can come find me there, I would love to work with anyone who is looking to working, working on themselves, personal development, cultivating self-love, understanding spirituality more, and awakening to what their spiritual practice may look like for them. Cool. And that's more than just like queer men, right? This is like anybody. Yeah. I mean, I focus on, on queer men, but I don't shut my door to people. If you resonate with me and you may be someone that's not gay man, you can contact me, of course, because I, st- I mean, I, I, I focus on the gay men because I believe if you want to clean the world, you got to clean your house first. Right. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I'm cleaning my house so that I can then walk with my brothers to help clean the world. So it's like whoever whoever can wants and needs and feel it resonates with me you're welcome to come yeah there you have it guys so sacred steve i would love to have you on another podcast that i'm kind of like putting together where i would love to sit down with other boricua like healers from the island from here and just have like a really cool kick it session all of us just talking about our experiences as boricua healers so i will keep you posted on that one because i would love to have you on that and yeah. uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll make a gandule while we're talking. <laughs> hey, okay. I'll figure out what I'll, I'll throw into this little e potluck then for sure. Yeah, virtual <laughs> potluck. <laughs> right. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for everyone for listening and share this with somebody who could be transformed by hearing this conversation. We're sending you all the love and we'll catch you in our next episode. Bye. I'm sending you all the love. Don't forget to subscribe.
comment, and share. If you're looking for one-on-one coaching with me to empower yourself into your highest vibration, check out the links in the description or visit us at onzohigh.us. Today's episode is brought to you by Zungite.com, the only place that I go to to buy all my Shungite and EMF protection devices. Check out their website at Zungite.com. Use my code Reiki to get a special discount.